Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes Show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAV.com. The Dodger Dudes believe in the Dodgers. Do you believe? Welcome back to the Dodger Dudes Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's Josh Luke here with co-host Brett Tomko. Brett, how are we doing today, bud? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. We want to have a, a short, fun show with you today. We want to talk Russell Martin, not the catcher, but the pitcher. <laughs> what do you think, Brett? I mean, what he's doing is incredible, right? I mean, yeah. he's he's on the way of an amazing pitching career. Maybe the best start of anyone in the history of baseball. So, so there's no way that, that this has anything to do with the uh, makeup of the playoff roster, but it has to bring comfort to Doc to know a couple of things that we know. Uh, the only bench player that really is guaranteed a spot on the playoff roster is the backup catcher. And since he's a veteran, since he's the guy, he, it's Russell Martin. So you know he's on the roster. Right. As you, as you tinker with the bullpen, and as you think about, hey, it could happen. Last year, we went 18 innings in one game. <laughs> right. And you literally were almost out of people um, to have Russell Martin. Uh, and, hey, guys, if you're not following as closely as we are, Brett, tell us what Russell's pitching stat line is this year with the Dodgers. So he, he made his pitching debut this year. Um, he's got four innings. He's given up two hits, two punch outs. Um, his whip is a huge – Point five zero, um, and he's got a zero ERA. Pretty amazing. Um, it's fun to see. It's fun to see. And I think I think the situation they're in is exactly what you said. He's on the t- he's on the roster for sure. And if he ever happened to get a game in the playoffs, it's going to be exactly what he's doing. You know, right now, if 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 the Dodgers are blowing out a team, which it, fifteen to nothing, right? It's still the, the World Series of the playoffs, but it's fifteen right, to nothing. Right. They're still fifteen to nothing. It might be a thing that like, hey, we can give Baez an extra day instead of running him out there, or Kelly an extra day instead of running him out there and eating up fifteen to twenty five pitches. Why not put him out there? And because if things got out of hand, realistically, if and he gave up four runs or five runs, you're still, you know, if you're up twelve nothing, you're still up seven. You still got time to throw in, you know, Baez, Kelly, and Jansen. And hopefully by that time, Jansen will, you know, a three-run lead will be fine and we'll be okay with that. You know, it's been a fun thing to watch. I mean, the first time he went out there and I was like, did, did Russ throw? And I was like, yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, some pretty good stuff right there. In the 90s on a couple of pitches, I think. Dude, he's running, he's running it up there, 91, 90. And, he, dude, he look, he's, got, he's got great mechanics. And the funny thing is, is if you start really breaking it down uh, in terms of uh, – position players that have transferred and become pitchers like in their big league career say they weren't hitting very good Kenley Jansen Jansen Percival yeah um did it um there's been a bunch of them so it's like you know it's a fun little thing to throw around not saying he's going to be a big league I mean I don't think next year he's going to go and and do the whole thing like listen this is it yeah anymore it's not a joke is our point it's really not a joking matter it's a legitimate option in the right situation 
Well, I mean, yeah, the right, you hit it right there. The Which right is a seven situation. run lead with <laughs> less than four maybe, runs to get four innings to go. Maybe a 10 run lead. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not sure. Mechanics, Brett. I watch him and I go, he looks like the ultimate pitching guy. When I'm a little league coach, well, he just, he's just throwing. He steps on the mound. He just goes straight at the, at the catcher, throws hard, hits his spots. Nothing fancy, no fancy windup. So what do you see in his mechanics on the mound? He's got great arm act like most catchers. He's, he gets – catchers usually, because of the nature of catching, they have to be quick. They have to have a quick release or the ball comes right up to the air. But when he's pitching, he lengthens that out a little bit. You know, he's right on direct – you're right. If I was going to teach a kid like, hey, we're going to pitch, um, let's do this, it would kind of be like him. He's kind of pointing that, that front arm right to home plate. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of textbook like we talked on previous show, like when I was teaching my t-ball kids like how to throw. I was like, point hey, point, at point, point your glove at, at, at Johnny over there. Reach back real far and let it loose. What but he's doing it. Cobra. Make the cobra back here. Oh, it's funny, man. So but like, he's doing Go ahead. He's, doing, he's doing it and it's great. It's fun to watch. I see people's social media goes nuts when he gets in there. And that means the Dodgers are marching towards a victory too. So, so hey, here you go. Let me, let me pull something out right here. 10 guys that have converted from position players to pitchers. Okay. Jason Lane played for the Astros. This was a really good hitter, you know, for a while. And then about, I think at 38, he signed a, a minor league deal to switch to pitching because he couldn't get a job hitting anymore, and he made it to the big leagues. Gotcha. All right. um, Chris Hatcher, he's a catcher for the Marlins, or okay. was a catcher, sorry. guy named Alexi Ogondo, and I played with this guy in Texas. This guy threw like 98 to 100. Yeah. Same thing, that. right from the ear like a catcher. Sergio Santos from uh, Toronto. Uh, yeah. Some name, Jason Mott. From St. Louis, catcher again. Carlos Marmol. Remember played, him. Played He's catcher. Big. There's another catcher. Rafael uh, Soriano. He was with Washington for a little bit. I was with him. Gosh, I was with him somewhere else, and I'm not going to remember where it is. Joe Nathan. Joe, Joe Nathan was a shortstop. Really? Drafted. Yeah, yeah drafted. Drafted are. as a shortstop and went to, uh, to A-ball as a shortstop and then and converted. Sean Doolittle, who's been – phenomenal with uh oakland and washington for a while all-star and kenley jansen but probably one of the most uh, i didn't he's not even on this list and i don't know is trevor hoffman yeah was a shortstop with the reds and most of those guys what happens is they can't russell fortunately could hit when he was young so i mean there was no thought of it but a lot of catchers so maybe it's just they have the arm strength they're used to throwing a lot so they it relates on the mound. So, well, but you, you touched, you took me right to my, my question I wanted to ask. I think of a guy we grew up with a little bit older than us named Tom Wilson, went to Troy High School in Fullerton. Yeah. Um, he was a minor league farmhand with my brother in the Yankee system. And for a lot of years, it didn't look like Tom was going to make it. But Matt always said, hey, Tommy is so smart. He's going to be a coach. Well, how do you know a guy's going to be a coach? He said, catchers, catchers make great coaches because they, they're in on every pitch. They're, they have to understand the pitcher's mentality as well as the hitter's. And so I don't, for those of you who aren't baseball junkies like Brett and I, it's not just the catcher going to throw it. It's a guy that's as smart as anybody on the field. I mean, would you agree with that, Brett, that those catchers are like coaches in the making, right? They're like quarterbacks, basically. They got to see the whole field. They have to have a beat on the pitching staff. I think catching's hard because, and it was when I got older and, and try to talk to catchers, it was always like, you're not, to, your job's not just to like put down a finger and catch the ball. You have to know, you have to know your entire pitching staff. You have to know 
have to know Kershaw to Maeda. You have to know what makes them tick. You have to know your bullpen guys, what their strengths, what type of pitcher they are and what they're capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing, and really try to try to emphasize that and, and really nurture that to, to get the most out of Mike Matheny had one of the best, I had one of the best conversations with him. What was after a start that I struggled and I was sitting out in the outfield and he came out there and he talked to me and he's like, how you feeling? I'm like, man, that was a rough game yesterday. Like, you know, I think I got knocked out in the third or fourth inning and I was super down on myself and he was like down and I'm like emotional about it Dude, Why are you, why are you taking this so hard? And he goes, my job as a catcher is to get you through five innings, no matter what, no matter what you have, no matter if you walk out there and you have nothing, my job is to take what you have and get you through five innings. And if I don't do that, then I didn't do my job. And I thought that was like, like that's awesome like, radio. Yeah. Again, man. yeah and that, that was one of those things that when I thought about, it, I was like, that's a great perspective. I never really thought about a catcher taking it personal and cared that much about how his pitchers did, but he thought it was, that was his job was to maximize it has to make does. you feel great that he takes that much pride in your success yeah but he has to and he has to do that day after day with every pitcher yeah. whether it's a starter a reliever a closer and make those assessments on the fly you know kelly comes in there and his slider's not sharp he's got to make that he's got to recognize that so quick and say that's not the pitch we can use in this situation how can we use it and as a as a starter that was a big thing with mike too was like your curveball's not on but you still have to throw your curveball. So I have to figure out a way to use this curveball so we don't get hurt and we don't, you know, get you in a bad situation. So whether it's, you know, we're ahead in the count and the eight hole hitters up, let's try to backdoor this. Let's try to get you on track. And I think it's one of those things that catchers and Russ was great at it. And, and we'll talk about Russ's catching and, and, you know, besides his pitching, he was great at that. And I had, I have a, a thing in my house that's got every single catcher that ever caught me in the big leagues um, signed on a sweet that's spot. Cool. And there's like 30-some of them because I was all over and the you place. you were a Dodger when Russ got called up, right? Yeah, right. It was Russ's first year. And he did great back there. And he, and he, he played a lot older than he was and, and more mature and more baseball mature than, than a rookie that would come up there. And he was, thrown, he was thrown and told, hey, you know, you got to be a leader. And he was a rookie. And it was he, because the catcher is that important. The catcher is the field general of the team. And like you said, that's why a lot of a lot of – great manager Bruce Bowie I mean he was a catcher there's a lot of I mean you can name probably you know half the half the Mike great Matheny. right Mike <laughs> Matheny great great catcher um so you can name those guys left and right but yeah the catcher I think has a big job and it's so it's a huge responsibility yeah and we're gonna uh, I mentioned Tom Wilson we're gonna try and get him on the show sometime when he's in town now too I think I think he lives out in Lake Havasu now but hey um so this is <laughs> such a fun conversation but so Russ behind the dish smart player pitches uh during the game um is he throwing any off-speed stuff yeah he's throwing i don't know if he's trying to do it naturally but he's got some cut he's got a little cutter i'm <laughs> trying to think if that's just him over because the tennessee when when you're a pitcher when you sometimes and you'll see it with jansen when you overthrow and peel off to the left your ball will cut and it doesn't cut it doesn't cut in a, in a way you want it to it's an unnatural cut it's it's a cut that you get on the side of the ball and it's not the proper when, – when Jansen's on time and on top and gets those fingers on top of the ball, it cuts in a different way. So there's a couple different planes it goes. It goes left to right, and it goes, and it goes down. So it, it's got both those. Russ pulls off a little bit and gets on the side, and it's kind of like a – I don't know, like a little flying saucer 
and but but it works and i've seen him throw some i don't know if it's a breaking ball but something that's got some good tilt so yeah mix it up plus like i'm saying he's throwing 91 miles an hour that's, yeah, he's that's still running it up there pretty good it's not like when most like position players go in there and they're they're lobbing balls like you know 67 miles an hour he's he's putting some pace on it so i think one of my favorite things about co-hosting this show with you brett is is that we've already kind of joked that we get off topic but when we get off topic the story is even better than the stuff we came <laughs> up with but when you're hosting a show you have to come up with some topics and and i just actually listening to you stumbled onto one that i wonder all the time and and, and so i'm just going to ask you who's in charge when you're <laughs> is it the catcher or is it you or um, is it barry that's a, I mean, I that's everybody a Everybody wonders this. This is a serious question, right? Who's running? No, this? no, no. It's a, it's a great question. It's a great question. And I think for a lot of young pitchers, it's something really to think about. I got into a rut. Um, I can tell you a, a great story that it's, um, I'll get to that in a second. Um, you get in a rut, I think, as a pitcher to becoming a robot. And it's see the sign, throw the ball, see the sign, throw the ball. So you're sure. seeing the sign and you're not really thinking out there. And that's, I think, how you get in trouble. I think as pitchers and as and I'm sure as hitters from what I've talked to, there's, there's self-dialogue that goes through your head when you're out there. It's, all right, you know, stay back, drive this ball down, get on top of this curveball. Oh, two, what am I trying to do with this pitch? That self-dialogue right there, if you become a robot and just depend solely on your catcher putting down signs, you're not thinking about what you're doing. A lot of times when I got in trouble, I wasn't thinking out there. I was just seeing curveball, I'm going to throw curveball. But you know, an O2 curveball is a lot different than an OO curveball. OO curveball, you're trying to you're trying to get some plate. You're trying to get a strike in case he doesn't swing because sure. no one's really expecting a, a first pitch curveball. So to be able to like actually think about the game, and and it's the old adage: wins and losses go on the pitcher's record. They don't go on the catcher's record. Sure. Now, when you come and you're fighting for a contract or you're trying to get a job, you can't say, well, Russell Martin was calling these pitches, and and they're not going <laughs> to call Russell and go, well, it's your fault. Let's give. Brett some sure. money on his next contract so ultimately you're in control there's a lot of factors that go around you know the front office now the catchers all have the little things they flip up sure. uh, scattering ports in your hats you got all you have a lot more information but ultimately when you're on the mound dude, you got the ball in your hand the, the game doesn't start till you throw that pitch. so I mean ultimately you're in control hopefully so what percentage of the time did you shake off a pitch a catcher Oh gosh. Well, see, this is, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to get on the same page as the catcher. Yeah. I know you're really good at that pregame and insane. You're ultimately, and, and I think it comes with, it's like a relationship, right? Yeah. It's like a trust thing. You, you, it's like having trust with your wife, like that relationship. So you're comfortable and you're on the same page when she's making lunches for school, I'm getting the kids ready. There's just a dance that goes to it. And it's really the same with a pitcher and a catcher. We talk about it. We get in a good rhythm. He knows me. I know him. You know, there's like, un you know spoken stuff like i need you more outside on that pitch you guys just there's a vibe it's almost like being twins or well, something there's body language there's a little yeah absolutely a so so you know i didn't like to shake out shake off a lot if it was and i would even tell the catcher listen if i shake you and you you think it's the right pitch put it down again yeah then i know you really think we got it oh that's a little mind game too yeah. right and it, and it's so i mean i didn't shake a lot i'll tell you my one shake story <laughs> this is good. So my rookie year, Joe Oliver, I'm, I'm pitching great. Like I've got off to a great start my rookie year. I've rattled off like five or six wins in a row. I'm eight and one or eight and two or something at that point. Like feeling pretty good about myself, right? Sure. Probably a little too good. So playing for the Reds, Cincinnati. Right, right. Playing for Cincinnati. And, and I, I, I've given up, I think, two hits. And I go into the seventh inning. Might even been one hit. And 
Joe puts down a sign. I shake him off. And he puts down the sign again. I shake him off. <laughs> uh -oh. And he drops his head and calls time out. And I'm thinking, I think oh. I saw this movie. That's <laughs> it might be. And so then he starts his little slow jog out there. He makes me tell this story every single I do red. <laughs> he makes me tell this story in front of like everyone when we have like a group discussion and he'll just sit there and laugh. So he comes out there and he's shaking his head and I'm thinking, Oh man, I'm, I pissed him off. He's so mad at me right now. <laughs> he comes out there. He's like, Brett, what are you doing? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I got, I've got a shutout going in the seventh. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. He goes, or something, yeah. he's like, how many hits have you given up? And I think it, it might've been one. I said, one, he goes, have you shook me off all game? And I go, no. And he goes, then why are you shaking me off now? He's like, whatever I put down, you turn and you throw it. And he just <laughs> handed me the ball and went back. So, okay. All right. We finished the game. <laughs> I get in the clubhouse and people are like, hi, hey, great job, Brett. Great job. And Joe pipes off says something and I kind of like snap back at him for fun and he looks at me and he goes oh really he's like and just kind of like gave me that look so I shower up I go home and I got about 25 minute drive and all of a sudden I'm getting really warm down downstairs uh -oh. Uh -oh. and I'm like starting to sweat I'm starting to sweat a little bit and I'm like what, what's going on I'm starting to sweat and I'm like and now I'm starting to burn so now I'm hot and I got about 10 minutes left and I, I, I drive home. I speed up probably too fast. I pull into the parking lot, run into my hotel cause I was staying at a hotel, jump in the shower, try to wash things off. And I mean, I burned for like half the night. So what Joe had done was, was put icy hot in my underwear. So the whole drive home, it was heating up and getting hot. And by the time I got home, things were on fire. Like Only on the Dodger dudes. Right, right, right. And so I walk in the clubhouse the next day. And I walk in and Joe looks at me and he goes, hey, how was your ride home? <laughs> I go, wasn't too good. He goes, keep your mouth shut. That's how it was when you were a rookie. You, you, you didn't shake off at all. As, as the older I got and kind of like you, burnt, you learn a little bit more about pitching, you can shake off. But I don't like to shake off. Maybe I was, I was having like flashbacks or something, but I, didn't, well, I, I tried not to shake too much. You don't get like an unmarked package in the mail every Christmas. That's just a thing of icy <laughs> hot, right? It's just no, Merry Christmas. no, no. Joe and I are pals now. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. But I will get him back someday. That, that might be <laughs> <laughs> Only on the Dodger dudes, guys. Well, hey, we like to every few shows just stop and do something short and fun and keep you guys engaged. I am so thrilled, Brett, that we're seven episodes in now. And I, I'm just – every episode seems – we seem to bring stuff out that we didn't even plan to bring out that really makes for – good radio that, that I think Dodger fans have never heard before. Thanks so much for sharing. That was a cool story. So many cool stories. Is there anything else you want to share before never we kind of wrap up this broadcast to everyone, this Russell Martin episode of our show, anything else you want to throw no, in there? I mean, I'm, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed watching Russ pitch and hopefully, hopefully he'll get a chance to, to extend, uh, get some more innings out there the next month. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if there's any practical joking like Cy Young, uh, Dodger Cy Young candidate. So with somebody putting a ballot up there that says uh, Ryu, Kershaw, Martin. <laughs> Check. We what, should do that poll. <laughs> if, he gets, if he gets a save this season, I'm crossing my fingers for it. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Episode 7, The Dodger Dudes. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at The Dodger Dudes uh, on, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, get engaged in our polls. We had some fun with the polls. Brett, thanks again for all that insight, bud. All right. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes Show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. Game on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.